Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Episode of From Complex to Queens. Uh, as you can tell, I am not Steve Saipa. Steve is off doing. I don't think he actually told us what he's yeah, doing this I, week. I don't. I don't know what he's doing actually. Uh, International uh, Man of Mystery, Steve. <laughs> we presume he is doing something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that is why he is not here. Yep. Yep. So Steve has left us to. Uh, Steve's going to come back like that community GIF, and everything's just going to be on fire. Hopefully, he'll bring pizza <laughs> at least. Anyway, I am I'm Lucas, not Steve. I'm joined by Ken and Thomas this week. How's everyone doing? Um, doing as well as the Mets, so that's good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty 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 good. Yeah, you know, um, you know the the Phillies sure are uh, they're a baseball team. Um, I do not they begrudge are. anything that uh, Keith Hernandez has said about that team. Yeah, they course. showed some fundies today. Oh, God. Um, that we record Marsh, on Sundays, I'm sure you know. But that Brandon Marsh lollipop was just like uh, the second the second he tossed it, I'm like, oh boy, this should be interesting. Yeah, and, it was. and then R- Rio Muto should have made that play anyway. Like he was, yeah, way out at home, and Rio Muto just he Tomas needoed it, if you will, from the Friday game. So I feel like McNeil, I should actually look this up real quick. Jeff McNeil stat cast. We haven't even started yet. We're already off on a tangent. I feel like McNeil does move 
generally pretty well. He's got 50th percentile sprint speed. I don't feel like he's slow as like his acceleration is absolutely terrible. Like to him, yeah. to him like trying to but like get going down the third base line with short little alligator steps. Like oh boy, oh boy. The, the the Mets have a team of weird runners. Like Pete runs weird, and McNeil runs a little weird, and like Kana looks slow. slow I think like visual, I, mean, I, mean, I don't think he is slow, but he looks slow. You know, mm-hmm. they have a lot of guys like that. Escobar runs kind of funny. Vogelbach is just a joy to watch. Oh yes. Yeah. If you've not seen the Chariots of Fire, of uh, seen that video of him going first <laughs> yeah. to home with Chariots of Fire, uh, do yourself a favor and go find that tweet. It is glorious. I haven't seen that, but my dad is going to love that. My dad yes. texted me the other day saying Dan Vogelbach just scored <laughs> from second <laughs> on a single, and it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, weirdly his form is good, but obviously given his uh, – um, size he's not very fast pete meanwhile runs like a like a newborn his chest oh, yeah. is approximately 20 feet in front of everything else it looks like if you just blew on him from behind he'd go stumbling forward i don't understand it um well that was an interesting tangent the mets are good the phillies are bad even though i was told they were a juggernaut they were not um, that's actually a good segue into our promote extend trade for this week. And I was too lazy to go through the historical events and give you a 30 second long uh, spiel about something odd that happened today and then somehow connect that to the Mets. So yeah, sorry, Steve, Steve, please come back. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> and I also feel like I've done. Uh, I feel like the uh, 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 we need a longer rest time before I throw another Star Wars and or video game themed uh, promote extend trade in here. That's more like offseason material. So this week, let's promote, extend or trade the recent Met rivalries. And by that, I mean every time the Mets have been good. And this is by kind of my own gut feel for it. It seems like they have a singular NL East rival. Right. In 2015, it was the Nationals. In 2006 to 2008, it was, of course, the Phillies. We all know how that turned out most of the time. And then the 1999-2000 team were the Braves, right? And those are all different rosters, right? But which which of those rivalries was the best, the worst, the middest? Um, and you can define whatever criteria you want for this, whether that's the team that was actually the best other team they played or just the best in terms of the quality of the rivalry. Um, how whatever direction you want to take it. I feel like the Braves have given the Mets fans most, like those Braves teams has messed with Mets fans the most over the longest period of time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's them probably like to be um, promoted because that that specific Brave iteration in the 1999 to 2000 seasons, like that was that specific Braves team was the most frustrating. Yeah, and, like, it was the most frustrating because, like, they were obviously really good, and Mets came in, like, they were second to them all the time in the division, and they would, like, lose to them in the playoffs and all that. But even beyond that, like, it has caused a long-standing like, Mets fans are afraid of the Braves. Even this year, they were like, oh, the Braves are coming, and it's like, well, I don't think this Braves team is particularly amazing. Like, and the Mets have beaten them. They The Mets have beaten up on them a little bit. And I still, think it's more that the Braves have... Um literally just won the world series oh right? sure but I, I i feel like even when the nationals won the world series nobody was like 
oh shit, the Nationals are coming. Like we were just like, yeah, they're good. But it felt a little different. But when the Braves are good and the Mets are good, everyone's kind of on edge about them more, I feel. This is a really interesting take to me because I'm like very slightly younger than you guys. And in my mind, I never, I did not experience the rivalry with the Braves, right? Like I was vaguely aware of baseball at four or five and definitely watched the games, but I did not pay enough attention to know that I was supposed to hate the Braves, that the Braves yeah. were a thorn in the Mets' side. So even till now, there's still a, a, a distant second to me to the, that 2006 to 2008 Philly squad, because that was the first time I really cared about baseball. And uh, yeah. oh man, fuck the Phillies. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I to gotta punt them into the sun here. <laughs> I hate Just, that team. I hate uh, Chase Utley. Yep. Uh, to this day, uh, whenever he's brought up in conversation, I have to spit on the ground. Correct. Um, yeah, Jimmy Rollins. I've I've always hated him as well. Just no redeeming factors. No. Pat Burrell. A crew. No. You know, Shane Victorino getting thrown out from center field. Just like true dirtbag vibes. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I weirdly, so I actually have a question on this front for you guys then, because I weirdly always had, totally agree with everything you said. Like, I hated Shane Victorino. I hated Jimmy Rollins because uh, he stole an MVP and was just annoying. Brian Howard hitting little pop-ups that would leave the yard to left field every game, they, every time they played in Citizen Bank's part. So this is oh, it. Yeah. Play in Philly was just infuriating. But I always had a sort of begrudging respect for Chase Utley until he very obviously intended to injure Ruben Tejada and received no punishment for it. No, fuck that guy. <laughs> I liked Ryan Howard, honestly. Um, I feel like he didn't really do anything to, like, he was just a good player on a rival, you know? Like, he wasn't that type of guy. It was annoying, I know what you're saying, but... It wasn't like, annoying. It was terrifying. I don't think they like... And this is very much a product of not knowing as much about baseball then as I do now. But every time he was at the plate, I was just like mortally terrified of what was about oh, yeah. to happen. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of Harper when Harper's up. Like, uh -huh. obviously, Harper's better because Harper is what he is. But when Harper's up in the late innings, I don't care who's pitching. I'm like, oh, boy, like some something's about to happen. It's Bryce uh -huh. Harper and he's mm -hmm. Bryce Harper and Ryan Howard for a small portion of his career because it was kind of i don't want to say he flamed Literally, out quick, like he got hurt and, and yeah he got I hurt mean, it's, and, it's what happens with that profile you know yeah it's a tough profile and it ages weird and there was no dh he would have lasted way longer but um when he was up man and it was late you knew that he was about to just hit the stupidest home run <laughs> can you imagine and i this thought just sprang into my head fully formed can you imagine if hansel robles had been on the team at the time, Ryan Howard was on the Phillies, and the number of Hansel Robles points at a fly ball that's landing in the outfield seats we would have gotten for solely <laughs> off of Ryan Howard. I'm thinking that combination and the juiced ball at the same time. Oh, my like, God. Ryan Howard would have no hit way, 30 no. home runs against the Mets on his own. Just <laughs> Every time he'd hit a, you'd be like, oh, it's a little flare into left field, and it's three rows deep. Fuck. Yeah, um, those teams were frustrating, those Phillies teams. Notable, notable and, that none of us are mentioning the Nats here, because that's... And the Mets won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, as as good of a rivalry it was and how funny it was to watch them collapse, like, the Mets won. The Mets mm -hmm. just... 
the, the Mets were in their heads from day like once they started getting good, mm-hmm. you just kind of knew that it wasn't lasting for that Nationals team, and they were managed poorly, and they had good players, but the bullpen I think kind of sucked, and Papelbon was like losing his mind. But they, they were a very mid powerhouse. Yeah, they were a good team. Very, like, very mid, like a good team, but like very mid tier of good teams. They were never like. Like the early aughts Braves were like a juggernaut. They they won the division yeah. for like a full, like a decade, right? Yeah, they uh, just they have like sixteen that's... division championships since like yeah, and nothing else to show for it. But still, that's like they were the, <laughs> the unquestioned best team in the division. The Nationals like could have fallen apart at any minute and, and did a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for the amount of talent that they brought in, I feel like they did kind of underachieve. Yes, uh, I agree with that. I'd probably uh, look back a little disappointed if I was a Nationals fan. Just how does that team yeah, not win more than series, one World Series? Yeah, World Series papers over a lot of it. Um, but it's only yeah. it's only one, but also it's a World Series. But also, yeah, they they the amount of talent that they've been able to bring in, um, you know, internally like Harper, Strasburg, Rendon. I mean, if I'm a Nats fan, I would just Soto. be livid that I never got to saw Soto and Harper in the same outfield. Like, right. And now they're both gone. Oops. Trey Turner on those teams was so annoying. And Especially because the were Nats annoying. had no ability to control the running game. God, he just did whatever he wanted. Even when the Mets were handling them and doing, taking care of their own business, Trey Turner was like, well, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, second base. I think I'll just take that. Yeah, he's a Met killer for sure. But um, not, not looking forward to that in the playoffs. All right. Well, the Mets have had some good rivalries at least, and they uh have uh just dumped all over the Braves, and then the Phillies, and now hope they get they do it to the Braves again and wrap this division up. Here's hoping because the Marlins sure as hell didn't help us out at all. Stupid Marlins. I swear they only play well against the Mets. It's it's. I hate the Marlins. I don't think there's a team yeah. that's as annoying as the Marlins. Yes. Kind of hapless and um, you know, but like completely undeserving of sympathy. Yes. Yes. It's kind of how I've always thought of them. <laughs> because they they do it to themselves. Like, yeah. No. Like like bad of their own design. Um, and yeah. it was completely fucking useless. They're bad, and it's and because they went out and they signed Avisel Garcia, and that's it. And then it's and then they sit around and wonder like, why are the Marlins bad? It's cool. Did John Birdie's signed, the third best player. They signed uh, Jorge Soler too, right? <laughs> yeah, and he's been bad because Jorge Soler could Soler be bad. Soler is not. It's not good. Not a very good player. Um. I did think obviously Garcia was a good sign, but uh, I was wrong. Very, very wrong. Um, so that's actually been okay. He's been like a league average bat. He he also started really slow and ended up being pretty good, and then got hurt and stuff. So it's a not, different. It's, not what you want. It's a Jorge Soler here. Yeah, it's <laughs> not what you want from your three-year, thirty-six million dollar DH though. So especially when you're the Marlins, and that's expensive for you. That's ninety percent of your payroll. Yeah, other teams could uh, uh, other teams could do that, and it doesn't really matter if you're three thirty six flames out. But mm-hmm. for the Marlins, it's half your offense. Yeah. Well, 
On that note, let's move on to talk about the performance of the affiliates this week. And overall, it was not so good, as I'm sure we're all aware after a week of depressing recaps. Um, really, really depressing week of games. Uh, oh, the yeah. Syracuse Mets played the Buffalo Bisons this week. They went 1-5. They are now 48-63. and uh, They're second to last at the International League East. We're going to loop back around and talk about Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez, but other than that, uh, not a whole lot going on in this roster. Mark Vientos is still nominally hitting. I don't think any of us have any additional belief in his ability to do it at the major league level. No. Literally zero. Platoon bat. Yes. How he called him a third baseman uh, in the context of Guillaume's injury uh, during today's game. And the the urge to just yell into my phone. No, he hasn't played third base in like three weeks. Not the first baseman. Not, yeah, not, not even the Mets think he's a third baseman at this point. No. And if the Mets don't think you could play a position, then you can't play a position, my friends. He's striking out 30% of the time in AAA. And I would think still think there's a good argument that the AAA talent is fairly suppressed uh, right now. So not great. Not great. Um, get ready for a week or two of Gosuke Kato. Yeah. Nope. I, can we call up Travis Blankenhorn if Luis, Luis Guillaume's hurt? Please? Please? I'd rather call it, him. But. Why is Kato on the 40-man roster and Blankenhorn is not? That does not make any sense to me. I guess they want a backup shortstop. but Yeah, um, I think that's why. There's no one else on the roster who could do it, really. Lindor uh, plays every day anyway. Yeah, I mean, also, if Lindor gets hurt, you're you're screwed anyway. It doesn't really matter who you're putting there because that's, like, your best player, second best hitter, third best hitter. Right. But, like uh, I, th- I think the argument would be if Lindor has to leave in the middle of a game, playing McNeil or Escobar there for four innings until you can call up Cato for the next game is not a big deal, and you'd be better off with Blankenhorn on the bench. Yeah, Blankenhorn has more of a chance to run into a home run, run into a double. I mean, he's done it at the major league level before, even though his overall major league stats don't look great. And he's been good in AAA, so. Pull up my weekly Travis Blankenhorn since, let's do game log. Again, very, very good prep on my part here. Uh, July. Since the start of July, Travis Blankenhorn is hitting 291, 349, 494 uh, in AAA. Please call him up with a 203 ISO. He's been good. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, the Mets were the Syracuse Mets were quite bad this week. I do not care about Jose Buto either. Um, Binghamton Rumble Ponies. They also went one and five this week. They were playing the Altoona Curve. Um, they're twelve and twenty-six in the second half. Unsurprisingly, that is last in the Eastern League Northeast. They're forty and sixty-seven overall. That is also last in the Eastern League Northeast. Um, is this the worst roster in the system now that Beatty and Alvarez are gone? Them or Brooklyn has a case, but Brooklyn at least has Ramirez and Consuegra. I mean, the only and, thing Binghamton has is Mauricio. Yeah, that's it. And we don't like him much around these parts. So Anyone want to take a guess at Ronnie Mauricio's current on-base percentage? Oh, I, I, I know what it is, so... <laughs> Ken, you want to hazard a guess at Ronnie Mauricio's current on-base percentage? 285. Oh, you're optimistic. It's yeah. 278. 
shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the appropriate reaction to a 278 on base percentage. Uh, yes. Some team's going to see something in him in the offseason, but you're going to get like a reliever or a back-end starter, maybe not even that. I think well, you trade him for a reliever or a throw-in and something else. Uh, I mean, I would trade him for a cheese sandwich, as yeah. I've said, for a year and a half at this point. Weirdly, and this is not any sort of insight, but the uh, big trade target this offseason is obviously going to be Shohei Otani. The Angels are incompetent enough that I could see them actually liking Mauricio a little bit. That they're one of the few organizations I could see thinking there's something there, but mm-hmm. uh, them and the Royals, oddly. But the Royals have literally nothing I want to trade for. So, yeah, Binghamton roster, not great. Uh, On to the Cyclones, who had a better week. Uh, they were playing the Wilmington Blue Rocks. They went 3-3. Three and three. Uh, they're now 24 and 18 in the second half. That puts them in first in the South South Atlantic League North. I hate these league names. Yeah. Um, they're 54 and 54 overall. That's fourth in the South Atlantic League North. I believe the way these playoffs work is if you win the half, you get to the playoffs. So they're currently in line to win the second half and make the playoffs. Not that that's a huge consideration, but it's kind of neat. Um, as we just said, they have some interesting names on this roster: Alex Ramirez, Stanley Consuegra. Um, neither is playing particularly well at the moment, I don't think. Uh, Ramirez has definitely cooled down after his hot start. Yeah, and this is first taste of this level, so it is mm-hmm. what it is. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bro- Brooklyn has, like, they're funny because I don't think their roster is good, but they have players who could play. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. The players on the roster are not prospects, but they also aren't disasters where they're just awful baseball players. They're quad A guys and solid organizational depth pieces, which is going to win you games in in high A, but also it's going to it doesn't really matter for the Mets like as a whole as an organization. They're not starting like uh oh my god I'm trying to took Blake Tiberi at third base or anything like that. Like they have better organizational depth than they have had in recent years, and that doesn't make the major league team better, but it does make things, uh, let's call it more aesthetically pleasing for some of these lower level teams. It makes our lives less miserable. Yeah. And if I want to go see Brooklyn next month, this month or whatever, which I do want to go see, it'll be a better game than mm-hmm. last year when I saw them. And I was like, Oh God, like <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching some very rough baseball right now. And, uh, Ronnie Mauricio who had a good game when I saw him. But explains uh, why the Binghamton roster is so weak now, doesn't it? It it does. It's not a surprise after I saw Brooklyn last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's going to take time. Still hoping to see uh, a couple draftees there, but I'm not particularly optimistic. We'll also get back to that topic. Uh, on to the St. Lucie Mets. They had the best uh, week of any team this week. Uh, four and two against the Clearwater Threshers. Uh, they're tw- also 24 and 18 in the second half. That puts them first in the Florida State League East. They're 64 and 43 overall, first in the Florida State League East again. Uh, they already secured their uh, ticket to the playoffs, I believe, by winning the first half. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, St. Lucie uh, doing well, and not that we want to read too much into the win-loss record of an A-ball team, but there's some interesting talent on this roster. Let's put it this way. Um, certainly more than. Uh, there's stuff you can squint here and get like a little bit excited about uh, as opposed to much of the talent on uh, the Binghamton roster uh, where it's you can't do that, really. Um, 
again, we'll talk about a couple of the draftees in just a minute, but Junior Tillian's still here, hitting pretty well. Um, not quite maintaining the torrid pace he started at, but enough to be interesting. I think there's an outside chance he sneaks into our top 10 conversation this year. Um, Depends on what they do in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And also when we actually write the list. Yeah, um, because there'll be trades, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. The Mets are in that in that area, even if they're not going to destroy the system, they'll still trade guys from it. And they, of course, traded uh, less than we probably expected them to do uh, at the deadline. So um, things are slight, perhaps slightly deeper than we would have expected. Um, still wouldn't call this a deep system, but it's deeper than it's been for a, a long while. Oh, I think it's around average now, which is perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After like, the last few years, it's like that's like number one for me. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got like average depth, but like really elite high end talent. So you could yeah. kind of push them, I think, into the back of the top ten if you were doing a global farm, a global systems ranking or something like that. But um, yeah, that's a very that's a pretty significant improvement over where we've been uh, for the life to, lifespan of this podcast. Uh, and then finally, the FCL Mets went three and two. I do not care enough to dig into the FCL Mets. Uh, it's the FCL. Things happen. Uh, Jet Williams is doing Jet Williams nonsense down there. Yes. Well, well we're going to talk about that uh, uh, much to your chagrin, I'm sure. No, no, no. It's it's fine. It's, he's just a funny player to me. He had like three steals in a game and walked mm-hmm. twice or some shit like that. He's just going to dominate the FCL, I think, because of... That's almost I, I wouldn't say it's high school level, but it's very comparable guys. It's young guys who've gotten drafted recently or just making their debuts. So it's a good spot for him. Mm-hmm. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply well on that note Let's actually talk about some of the uh, Mets draftees here. Uh, and I'll run through all of the ones that have appeared so far. Um, Kevin Parada was actually assigned to... I think we got like an official announcement that he was assigned to St. Lucie or that he would be this week, and then he never actually appeared. Um, I doubt there's anything to... There's nothing to read into that. It's nothing bad, I'm sure, just... A little odd that we thought we'd get to see him this week, and we didn't. Um, I still think I'd like to see him at Brooklyn before the end of the year, but I don't know that that will happen. Um, so Kevin Parado hasn't appeared yet. Uh, Jet Williams, like we just mentioned, he's been playing in the Complex League. He's gotten into four games. Not hitting a ton yet, and it's four games, so who cares? 
231, 231. Has four steals already, like Thomas mentioned. He struck out twice. He's walked twice. It's a four-game sample. It means literally nothing. If we had some of the batted ball data, we might be able to sit here and uh, uh, whisper excitedly about exit velos or alternatively uh, fidget if they're lower than we expect. But uh, he's doing Jet Williams things, like Thomas said. He's also playing short, which is I I agree with that decision, even though mm-hmm. we obviously have Lindor here for a million years. But um, I see no reason to rush a guy off short for that. If you have to move, if he plays short until AAA and then plays second base when he's ready, who cares? I'd rather him have. It's a harder position. I'd rather give him the extensive experience there. Or they should get him in center field because that's a different beast. But that's a later conversation. I'm sure they could do that. They've been doing that with Beatty, as we'll talk about. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And if, I think if there's a thought he can stay at shortstop, he should probably stay at shortstop. If yep. there's mm-hmm. even like an inkling. Mm-hmm. I also think he has the. I'll put it this way, it's going to be, I don't think he's going to have a hard time picking up uh, center field, right? Like, no, in, no. Unless he's one of these guys who cannot read a fly ball, and there are guys who can, but with his phys- with his speed and his general physical ability, if you have to move him off shortstop when he gets to high A or double A, uh, assuming he actually does that get that far, which I think he will, but if you have to do that, it's not going to be a huge deal. Just run fast and catch the ball, not hard. I say about playing the hardest position in the outfield, but certainly easier than playing shortstop. Um, Blade Tidwell now, uh, he's gotten into one game at the complex, uh, struck out two, walked one. Uh, Of course, if he's pitching in the complex, it's going to be an absolute joke for him. Uh, Probably just getting a, a little bit of work in with the coaches before they shut him down for the year. Usually these college type arms don't, um, Pitch a ton because they've just come off a long season, which is fine. We'll probably get a lot more information about him uh, next season. Yep. Tyler Stewart, the next guy who's actually appeared. Another, again, one inning at the complex, a strikeout, no walks. That's it. Um, Chase's step has actually had the most notable performance so far, which is a little funny given where we were at when he was drafted. Um he appeared in one game at the complex, had a hit, and they immediately pushed him up to uh, St. Lucie, where he homered in one of his first games. He's gotten into three games at St. Lucie. He's got an OPS of close to 900, the one homer. Um, all these sample sizes are absolutely ridiculous. Like most of these guys are getting their first week of action in, so there's literally nothing to be gleaned from this. But uh, kind of neat. Get that uh, first one off your back and uh, not have to worry about it anymore. I don't think we uh, expect a whole lot out of S-Step necessarily. I might I don't recall like, uh, the details of all our talks about him, but. Yeah, it's just he's a college bat. Yeah, it's good for him hitting a home run. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Hope he got it back. Uh, Ryland Thomas, uh, four games at the complex, hitting 333, 500, 333. Whatever. Moving on. Um <clears throat> Paul Gervasi on the mound, or is it Gervas? I don't actually know how to pronounce that. Um, has had the best performance of any pitcher so far. Uh, similar to his step, he showed up at the complex for one game, threw a perfect inning, struck a guy out. They pushed him to St. Lucie. He struck out seven of the first 11 batters he's faced um, and only allowed two hits and no runs in three innings. So, um, again, a college arm that I 
think they should push past St. Lucie unless they're literally just trying to get him some work with coaches before shutting him down. Um, but semi-interesting stuff there. Um, if Steve was here, I'm sure he could pull the the stat cast for St. Lucie. I, uh, much like other things, did not prep that. So I can't tell you whether his uh, stuff is interesting or not. But I'm pretty cool with good. I'm pretty cool with not pushing the pitchers. I it's agree. So, it's so late in the year for mm-hmm. them, and I know uh, Tidwell's been hurt, which is while it's not the same as having tax on your arm, it's still in that's might be even worse than mm-hmm. having a lot of in, in, innings, you know. So. We can figure out these pitchers next year. <laughs> I, I'm 100% in agreement. I think you like get them in, like get a baseline in terms of if you want their for your internal stat cast stuff, get a baseline measurement, get them a little bit familiar with prefer- pitching in a professional environment, yep. introduce them to the coaches, whatever else, and say, all right, go home and rest for a couple months and come back this winter and we'll get started. Um, last one, Chris Santiago, who I will admit was not a name I'd remember they drafted, uh, one walk in one inning with no runs for the complex team. He was like the, he was in the 15th session. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also have signed a number of undrafted free agents, but I don't know that any of them have appeared yet. Um, there were a couple interesting names in there, but we could talk about that, um, at another point when there's less, uh, stuff going on. Um, but they did spend some the, – the rules changed in terms of uh, how much you can spend on the UDFAs, and the Mets did spend some money there, which is uh, always good to see. Um, don't think – highly unlikely anything comes of those guys, of course, but it's nice to see them putting the effort in just to take some lottery tickets. Yeah, for sure. Okay, those are all the new draftees that have appeared, and now we should probably do our uh, weekly fretting about uh, Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty. Um, we can start with Alvarez because I think that conversation is actually shorter this time around. Um, so far in AAA, he's hit 184, 342, 402. That's a 102 weighted. Um, walking a lot, 16% walks, but he's striking out almost 30% of the time. He does have five homers in 111, 111 plate appearances. Uh, so the power, look, the power is still real. He's not like completely undisciplined, but uh, the strikeouts are. Maybe not a long-term concern, but uh, make me a little bit trepidatious about if calling I recall, him up. He's mostly looked like this at every new level. He's yeah been yes. promoted yep, yep. to for like yep. a week. Yep. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like uh, sounding the alarm that oh, Francisco Alvarez can't actually hit. Um. Yeah, but you maybe want to let him get his bearings. Yep. Agreed. No, I think there's a, it's again, he's, he's still hitting for power and his hitting, he's got like basically a league average line. It's going to be okay. Just, I don't think you can call him up tomorrow and, and expect him to be, uh, much help. Let's put it that way. And I think the Mets agree with you as they've been the way they've talked publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. I don't think he cuts called up this year, maybe in September if something sure. happens to a catcher, but um, I think he starts the season with the Mets next year, the way it's going. I wouldn't be surprised. That's a little surprising to me, actually. I I would, ex- not just for the service time, not because of the service time issues, but I would expect and almost want to see him go back to AAA just to, like, if he finishes the, the year on fire in AAA, fine, but I'd almost like to see him actually do it in AAA first. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. 
Um, but if he's like, if similar to Pete Alonso, though, if he's killing it in spring training, then yeah, absolutely take him north. But let's see. Um, and not a whole. I was hoping to see something in the last two weeks for him, but it's he's striking out less. Um, so that's good. Like in the last two weeks, the strikeout rates come down to 25 instead of 29. That's something. Like Ken said, he, he takes a little bit of adjustment. I think he'll be okay. He's also young. Like he's still a kid, especially he's for AAA. He's 20 years old still, 20 and eight months. So probably one of the against. He's playing against people way older than him now. Yes. Is he the youngest player in AAA? If not the youngest, he's probably one of the youngest. Oh, uh, he has to be one of the youngest, if not the youngest. trying to think of who else. Jordan Walker's still in AA, right? Or is he in AAA now? Fangraphs. No, Jordan Walker's still in AA. Um, yeah, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head who would be younger uh, at this level. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. No, no. I would make, like if Daniel Spino's shoulder was healthy or something, he might be here. Those two have kind of been the youngest guys together at whatever level they've been at for the last couple of years, which is a little neat. Um, yeah, uh, Francisco Alvarez is going to be fine, just not going to be a big contributor this year. Um, I think we should have a slightly longer conversation about Brett Beatty, and we kind of had this in the Slack already, but um, not because of his AAA performance, but because of the actual trends here and some stupid comments made by a certain person on this podcast who said they should trade him at the deadline for something. Um, so Beatty at AAA is hitting 333, 455, 333 in his first week. Um no power, just kind of surviving, not striking out a ton, walking a ton. Um, it's been five games. The power will come. Uh, I was actually watching his first game, I think, his first or second game, and he had like an ugly, had an ugly swing at a breaking ball that wasn't particularly good, and he seems to have already figured out that, okay, this is just the same. Uh, I'm not very worried about him either. Um we should probably comment quickly on his uh, just the, the 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 streak he's been on here though. So we had some concern early on pre-injury. Like so, we had an injury at some point in Double A. Before that injury, he was hitting 250, 349, 409. He was striking out more than 30 percent of the time. And we had talked about how yeah, he needs a swing change to get to his power and elevate the ball more. It seemed like he was trying to do that, and it wasn't working. There was no power. He was striking out a ton. It's a little problematic. Since the injury, he hit, has hit 351, 442, 630. That's a 191 weighted, striking out just over 20% of the time with 16 homers and 242 plate appearances. I think the swing change worked. Yeah, he did something. and I, I, I think it worked. Um, is it outlandish to possibly suggest that he could be ready this season before Alvarez. I mean, I, I was about to I, say, I would have expected hurt, it. You know. If the hurt, they should call him up. Like, <laughs> mostly because the other options are playing Escobar all the time, which... Who is also do, hurt. Yeah, exactly. He took a left-on-left at-bat today because he couldn't swing right-handed. So, there you go. And... 
I mean, I don't know if you want to play Kana there. He played there in 2016 for like 15 innings, but that's not really a major league aspiration team doesn't do that. I guess you could do that in September when you're playing a bunch of nobodies, but still, this is major league baseball. Like Mm -hmm. these hitters are going to, he needs to be able to fill this position. So if they, if Guillaume's hurt a while, if there's something wrong with his groin, like he, he said it was tight after the game still, and he's having an MRI. You could easily make the case for Beatty to get called up to see how it goes. Ken? That wouldn't have surprised me at all. Mm. Um, I mean, in a weird way, I almost expect, just due to their their profiles, the way they swing, their general approaches at the plate, Beatty's transition to the majors to be easier, right? Like he doesn't do that thing that Alvarez does where sometimes he's going to swing at a 55 foot curveball, Right. And I think that's. He's also got a significantly easier um, big league role, you know, his his defensive responsibilities don't necessarily. Mm -hmm. Alvarez is going to need more time. He doesn't have uh, to catch Max Scherzer in a playoff game. Yeah, he exactly. Jacob DeGrom in a playoff game. Jacob These... DeGrom wanting to murder him for boxing one too many strikes. Yes. And I mean, Bassett's, Bassett's like that, too. Uh, yeah, they're all lunatics. And, <laughs> and and that's, I don't want to say that's fine, but also I'd rather that's Alvarez learn that in yeah. April next year or uh, May, because I do think that, I don't think Beatty's an amazing third baseman, but he's he'll be the worst third baseman out of him, Escobar, and Guillaume, but I don't think it'll be enough to... Louis Guillaume is one of the better defensive infielders in baseball, and Eduardo Escobar is still an above-average third baseman. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that, uh, and, like, Beatty's going to win a gold glove, but he should be fine enough that if he hits, it'll be way worth it. And... If Beatty hits and Guillaume comes back and is healthy, then you figure it out come playoff roster time. But I don't know. There's not much to lose because who else are you using? You're calling Travis, up Tato, Travis, you know? Travis Blankenhorn. Sure. Yeah, that's the other option, right? <laughs> if you're going to actually do it. like you call I will die on this hill that Travis Blankenhorn needs a major league shot. He does fit. He can play third and he's a lefty hit bat. If, mm-hmm. if this happened two weeks later, you could just play Blankenhorn against like the Pirates to see. Yeah. <laughs> I would not. I would not feel great about Travis Blankenhorn starting against the Braves. Uh, I agree. Yeah, the Yankees coming up too, and then the Dodgers, and then after that, it opens up considerably. I extremely but. do not care about the Yankees, honestly. But yes, I mostly mean it's they're a good team. Oh, they, they're gonna like, just shred them. But yeah. Yeah, like they're an objectively good baseball team, no matter what you think of them as a Mets fan, you know. Mm-hmm. But um. Blankenhorn versus Araldis Chapman. <laughs> exactly. And even Beatty versus Araldis Chapman is probably going to be ugly, but also Beatty has a way better chance to actually come up and do a, a Michael Harris um, mm-hmm. or, a, or a Vaughn Grissom, like what the Braves have been doing. They've been super aggressive with their young guys, and it's served them well. Harris is super valuable for them. Yeah, I think Harris... Has the defensive val- more defensive value? Sure. Uh, I haven't actually checked how he's been in center, but he is does have a one one thirty weighted after that home run today in the ninth. God damn it, Marlins! Off Tanner Scott too, a good le- good ish lefty. Just yeah, come nice on. Play. 
Come on, man. Could have used that game. Uh, yeah, Brett. Ba- I, I, I retract any and all comments I made about the Mets should trade Brett Beatty. Um, he's getting a little antsy about the swing change not sticking, and it seems like he just needed a little, little bit more time. I guess uh, Steve was actually speculating that maybe that injury wasn't a real injury, and they just took him to the side for a week. That's to what do I something. think happened too. Yeah, that's, that's my uh, that's my galaxy brain um, mm-hmm. opinion. Just because I don't know, it's so it's that either he was actually hurt and just needed time off, and he feels better. But that's a little coincidental for me <laughs> that mm-hmm. he comes back and is all is on fire and doing things that they were trying to get him to do. I wouldn't be surprised to be like, all right, hey, you don't need to be playing in the games while figuring this out. You could figure it out in the backfields. And to be clear, I have zero problem with the team doing that. It's the minor leagues. Dude, like, it's there for development. Mm-hmm. You need to take a dude aside for a week. It's fine. So Yeah. Like, you want to win in the minor leagues, but also you know where Binghamton, I think he was in Bing at the time. You know where Binghamton is at, <laughs> record-wise. And they're not going to... the bottom. They, it doesn't matter, per se, so... Does wouldn't even matter if they were at the top. Who I cares? Um, yeah, should be exciting. Um, have they? Ch- I feel like uh, I don't know where I'm getting this idea from, but I feel like they ch- they've changed the roster expansion rules. Correct? It's like 28 now. Yeah, you only get two extra spots. So, like maybe five, six years ago, I think you would we would 100 percent have seen Alvarez and Beatty on the September rosters. Now I don't. I'm not as sure just because of that. Like if you're, you probably want something that's more useful. Um, Jankowski's absolutely making the yeah, uh, and that's fine. Like if you have 28 man, Jankowski's nice to have for defense and pinch running duties. Like that's that's valuable, off the bench. I agree with you. Um, so I mean it's not the end of the world if we don't see them. It'd be nice if we did. Um. I wish the Mets had more pitchers that I thought were useful that they could call up from AAA, but they don't. Unless we're anybody's particularly excited about Michelle Otanez or, uh, uh, oh my God, the other one who throws really hard and can't stay help, healthy. Oh, Montez de Aca, Bryce Montez Thank you. Aca. Yeah, Bryce Montez de Aca. Um, both of whom have been pretty good, but, you know, I'm not counting on them for anything. Okay, so that's all for this week. Um, I did have the outro pulled up here. Uh, Again, very good prepping. Please come back, Steve. Uh, Save us from my woeful incompetence. Um, As always, you can listen to or subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcasts. Uh, We encourage you to leave a review if you enjoy the show. or anywhere you get your podcast. You can find us on the Stitcher app, Spotify, uh, anywhere else. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, general complaints, uh, you can email the show at fromcomplex2queens at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at elvahos343. Ken is at kenlavin91. Uh, Thomas's sad Mets season. Are you going to change that? If, if they win uh, the World Series, I might change it. Only like if they win the World Series? <laughs> It depends on how I feel when they clinch the division. Hmm. Okay. That's 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 fair. Um, unfortunately, knowing the Mets, you'll have to change it back in a couple years because <laughs> it, is, it is, after all, the Mets. Um, but until next week, love the Mets. Love the Mets.